Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we tap experts on topics that matter most to the modern working woman, whether you are running the show or working your side hustle. We're bringing in leading female entrepreneurs to share their stories with you. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Work Party, the podcast. This week's episode is coming live from the Create and Cultivate Desert Pop-Up. Jacqueline Johnson is hitting the stage with Jamila DeMille, actress, activist, model, and overall woman on a mission to make the internet and the real world a more inclusive, accepting, and loving place. Keep listening to hear her story straight from the Desert Pop-Up stage now. Work Party is brought to you by Booty Bag. If you're tired of digging through those sales bins for a winning pair of underwear, raise your hand. Okay, obviously I can't see you raising your hand because it's a podcast, but I'm raising my hand because when it finally is time to go get a new selection of underwear, I'm usually going to these sales bins where it's like five for 25, five for 35, whatever that is. And I feel like the universe always conspires against me and it's only the ugly colors. There's never my sizes. There's never the right styles that I want. It's just like, it's hit or miss. And it's this random game of like Russian roulette or something. But I have a solution for me, but also for you if you have that same problem. Booty Bag is a female-founded company that is here to solve our problems for never finding the perfect pair of underwear. (laughs) It's a subscription service where you can get fresh, cute, clean undies delivered to you monthly. Super cool. They have a variety of, obviously your sizes, but styles and super comfortable, very cute colors. Um, It's a really cute selection, so definitely check it out. And the thing about Booty Bag is you can subscribe for undies monthly, but you can also pair it with a bra so you get the whole set and you are good to go for the month. I don't know about you guys, but new pair of undies, matching bra, I'm good to go in any environment, in any meeting, any weekend activity. I feel good. It keeps you on your A game. It makes you feel fresh, makes you feel happy. 
So Booty Bag is offering work party listeners 50% off their first month of subscription service if you use code WORKPARTY. Again, check out B-O-O-T-A-Y-B-A-G.com and use code WORKPARTY for 50% off your first month of brand new undies, pair it with a bra, support a female-owned business, A-plus across the board. Win-win for everybody. As a crowd favorite on NBC's The Good Place, today's keynote... You can do that. You can shout for that. Um, Today's keynote speaker is a Hollywood icon, but perhaps she's most well-known for her outspoken voice and challenging the impossible body standards, pushing the notion that women are, in fact, more than just their weight and appearance. Amen. She stands for a mission that, obviously, we can all get behind, and we're so thrilled to have her here. So I need you guys to give a warm AF welcome for Jamila Jamil. That tonight's gonna be a good night. That tonight's gonna be a good night. That welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I mean, I'm freaking out right now, but it's all gonna be fun. <laughs> so, what I love about your story, because I'm gonna start at the very beginning. Okay. So, you were an English teacher. Yes. You okay, were... so not the very beginning. Uh, yeah, not the very You were a two year old English yeah. teacher. Um, but you were an English teacher, a radio DJ. I mean, I don't think people know that story about how you kind of transitioned your career into what it is today. So can you tell us a little bit about how you went from English teacher to famous celebrity? Um, I mean, mostly it comes from the fact that I, when I was uh, 17, I was hit by one car into another car and hurt my back so badly that I couldn't walk for a year and a half. And that, when you can't piss on your own, it gives you a strong sense of perspective in life uh, and makes you less afraid of things like your thighs or men or anything. Uh, it just kind of, it, it, it galvanized me to become a bit more fearless. And then also, uh, I read this book called The Yes Man by Danny Wallace, which I really recommend to everyone, about someone who says yes to everything for one year in order to get out of their depression. So other than anal, I have said yes to almost everything. Thank you very much in my life. Um, and, uh, and so when I heard about the audition for this big TV hosting gig, I just went for it because what's the worst that can happen? I'd already broken my back, couldn't get any worse than that. So I went for the audition. Weirdly, I got it and I entered show business in the most crash and tumble style ever. But and that was 10 years ago. That notion of just what's the worst that can happen. Yeah, I believe trying is winning. I really do. I think we put too much emphasis on, on, on what we think success is. And I really believe that there's so much to be had in just trying everything that you learn. I think that's where the real guts come from, is being willing to take the risk and like take the hit to your pride and actually put yourself out there. And so trying is winning and everything else is just cake. Amen. And I think also, like you said, that's character building. That's how you become the person you are, is through the trials and tribulations. I make mistakes all the time. I do it really publicly on my social media. I make mistakes constantly. And then I get called out by like 800,000 people. (laughs) Uh, And that's fine because I have certain weaknesses that I have uh, in my knowledge and like things that I don't know and I have to learn these things from other people and it's so important if you're going to be an activist or if you're going to be a feminist or a feminist in progress which is what I am you have to be willing to take the L and acknowledge that we aren't omniscient we don't know everything we can't know everything and also everything's updating all the time we're like iPhones we just have to update (laughs) alongside everything else and not hate ourselves for not 
knowing everything yet. And so be willing to shut up and listen and learn, which is what I have to do. And I, I can't be too proud about it because I'm in a very public space and it's so problematic if I pretend like I can't hear the people that are rightfully telling me that I'm wrong. Well, I also think if more people took that stance, you know, even I would say politicians, that would be amazing mm -hmm. if we could have more change where you're actually not just putting news out and information out, but listening to what's coming back. Yeah, it's why I call myself a feminist in progress. I think we're all feminists in progress and we all said weird, problematic shit when we were younger and we all had terrible thoughts about music videos and whatnot. Uh, we've all been there. Um, and, yeah, and we're all kind of growing up and growing out of it and being taught and we're having to unlearn so much of our own internalized misogyny and so we have to do that together and we have to not shame each other about that absolutely so you moved to los angeles not knowing anyone no contacts no. and obviously it worked out for you but i think that's uh -huh. something that a lot of women maybe some of you came here today by yourself not knowing anyone and are leaving with friends but i think that's a really scary thing to do but can you tell us how you went into it, how you came out of it, what you learned along the way. So every 10 years when I become complacent about my life, the universe sends me an enormous health scare. Uh, and my, the first one was when I was 17 and I got hit by the car. The next one came at 29 when a doctor found a big lump in my breast. And I had a week to find out whether or not that was cancer or not. So in that week, I made a, a fuck it list of everything I would do if I found out that I was not someone who had cancer, and the number one thing on that list was move to California and become a writer. And so six weeks later from the operation date, when I had to have it removed, I got on a plane with all of my belongings and said goodbye to everyone that I knew and left my career and uh, took a risk on myself. And I was told I was too old and too fat and too ethnic to do this, by the way. So just don't listen to other people who project their fear onto you. Because that's their fear. Because if you go out and you take a risk and you win, that will reconfirm their fear that they didn't try. And that's why they are still losers. <laughs> I love it. So you're one of the few South Asian actors in Hollywood, but the, but the good place really took advantage of that and they, they created a character that wasn't fetishizing that. Like it wasn't about you as being Southeast or South mm -hmm. Asian, you know? So I want to talk a little bit about that because I think that was a really progressive step, unfortunately, for Hollywood. And I think there should be more things like that. Um, why was that important to you when taking the role? Um, and what do you think that Hollywood could take a lesson from that? I mean, everyone could take a lesson from Mike Schur and the fact that he doesn't condescend to network audiences and also he doesn't fetishize uh, people who are normally very tokenized and stereotyped in media. And Mike has always been ahead of the curve and he's always done that within everything he's ever worked on. It's been incredibly diverse. And if you look at, I mean, how many more facts and figures and success stories do we need? Bridesmaids, women in comedy, Crazy Rich Asians, Black Panther, Girls Trip, all of these different films that have proven that it pays to include other people. The next generation and even our generation are fucking done with being excluded and looking up to this sort of just one straight, white, thin version of what we're all supposed to be. It doesn't work anymore, it doesn't sell, and everyone is just dying the fuck out, and we're done with the dinosaurs, and I am here to kill the last of them. <laughs> And it's great to have allies like Mike Schur, who's like straight white male, who's here for marginalized people. And so we need more people like him. And that man just signed like a $150 million deal or something. It pays. 
It pays to include us, so do it. Absolutely, and I think allies are such an important part of the conversation, yeah. like you're saying. So um, when you were done filming season one of The Good Place, it was emotional for you, because mm -hmm. you had grown up sort of watching American sitcoms, mm -hmm. and now you're like a star of one. So can you walk us through that emotional? Well, I was just, a, I was a really lonely, weird kid, and I was also of an ethnicity that was not trendy. Uh, in my country and I was chubby and I was bullied for that. I, I wasn't popular growing up and I also had this accident that meant that I was fully pulled out of any chance I had to become a socially active or um, <laughs> capable person. And so I just watched television to keep me company and I think that there's great, great power in entertainment and media and that it's not just frivolous. I mean, there was some really frivolous bullshit involved. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I know I've probably been a part of it, but... There's also something so noble about making something that keeps people company and loneliness is something that we just don't talk about enough. And I was taken through my loneliness by Ross and Rachel and Phoebe and <laughs> Joey. Uh, and they became my best friends. And so to find myself 13 years later from having been that disabled girl who had no friends, who looked to those characters on television to keep me company, to now be one of those characters who's keeping someone else company somewhere, just suddenly hit me on the final day. And, and all my sort of, I think I had had quite bad imposter syndrome, which really affects women in particular, in particular women of color. Uh, it, and it, it just kind of broke down all around me and I realized what I had just achieved and what I'd done. And I dared, I dared to feel proud of myself. God, don't tell anyone, because that is <laughs> blaspheme. Uh, but I, uh, I did and I, it all just kind of hit me at once how my life has come full circle and how hopeless I felt and how hopeless we all feel because we're never told that there's a way out and we're never, ever given a roadmap to find our way out of hell. And so that's why things like this are really cool. Well, we're so happy you're here, oh, truly. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Um, so I want to talk about beauty standards. Mm -hmm. So you're an outspoken advocate on the topic, but I think, you know, I so relate to this. I'm 34. Like, I remember growing up and thin, thin, thin was in. Like, that's what it was. It was like, you're not thin enough. You're not pretty enough. It was never about how smart you are, what you can bring to the table, all this. They used heroin chic as a non-ironic <laughs> term. It's, but it, it felt so normal back yeah. then. Um, and I think... Luckily, things are changing. So I want to talk about your incredible platform, iWay. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So uh, a year ago, I saw a picture of all of the Kardashians. Obviously, how things have gone between us since was not expected. <laughs> uh, but I saw them with numbers of their weight written across them rather than how much money these women are worth and have built up this empire uh, to be worthy of. Uh, and those are the only kind of numbers we ever see on men. We see how much money they are worth or what kind of jobs, how many awards they've won. But with women, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, Taylor Swift, you see any picture of these women, you will find their weight written across their body because that is the most important information we think there is about women. And so a year ago, I decided to post a picture of what I weigh, which is my financial independence, my activism, my relationships, my job, everything about me that makes me the person that I am. I weigh the sum of all my motherfucking parts. And that's, that's who I am, and that's what I am, and that's what I should be seen as. And that's how men get to be seen. My boyfriend is not weighed on Instagram. No one ever talks about his aesthetic. If a man is attractive, it's considered a bonus on top of him already being uh, an intelligent or successful human being. Whereas for us, it's the ground, it's the basic foundation. We have to be the Victoria's Secret model. They just have to be successful enough to fuck the Victoria's Secret model. And so I think, sorry about my swearing. Uh, <laughs> it's loud here. Uh, We're here for it. But it's, 
I'm very upset. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I Rightfully started it. So. And I got like 10, maybe 10,000 responses in the first day. And people started sending me theirs back without me asking. And now we're about to hit 650,000 on Instagram. And this is, thank you. And this is a completely organic team. It's me, my friend Megan. Like, it's just, it, it, we don't know what an algorithm is. Um, we're only just learning. This is organic. These are not bots. These are people who are pissed off and they are tired of being constantly undermined. Because we're amazing. Women, femmes, we're amazing. We are intelligent we're saving lives we're making lives we're then feeding those lives with our tits <laughs> like, incredible we deserve more respect than this and absolutely so, um, so you posted a picture and this was a while ago but you it was an airbrushed photo of you and you mm -hmm. said my knees look like a vagina <laughs> and, and you're like this is why women hate their knees and I thought I what's wrong with <laughs> They look a little bit like a pussy, ah, right? I and that's fine. So knees are knees. Of course they stretch. We're moving around, saving the fucking world all the time. <laughs> I have skin on my vagina. I've got uh, not skin on my vagina. Of course, I mean, we all have skin <laughs> on our vaginas. I've got like the armpit vagina. I've got the skin like crumpled up here. I have back fat. I've got the stretch marks. And I'm aware that I'm a, a slender woman who has loads of privileges. And like, even though my looks were not considered attractive ten years ago, and people used to openly call me a monkey on social media every single week, now my looks somewhat in and I have privilege from that I acknowledge that but I still have even the stuff that actresses have like they're covering it all up they're lying to you they're photoshopping themselves it's irresponsible and so I unfollow anyone who does that on social media I protect my space because how can we look at photoshopped images and then look in the mirror and be happy with what we see it's messing with our heads and it's designed to make you want surgery so you can match what you see on these goddamn apps and filters and you just don't need it like, it's just painful and expensive. Absolutely. And I think it's, yes. And I think it's, it's really one of those things that you, now I think it's coming out into the public more. But I think yeah. 10 years ago, people didn't know that. They saw airbrush photos and thought, why don't I look like that? Yeah, I thought there was something wrong with me. Right. And then when I became famous in England, I didn't, I didn't, no one would even ask me if they could Photoshop me. So I would go to find the magazine cover and be so excited and see that they've changed my nose, they've changed my skin color, they've changed my body to make me look thinner. And then I would feel embarrassed about going outside because I didn't live up to that image. You shouldn't put women in that position. That's ridiculous. It's really offensive. It's racist. It's so racist to change my ethnic nose and change my skin color. It's out of, it's just out of control and it's still happening now. And, and it's happening in a worse way because it's the, the playing field's kind of been leveled out where at least before it was like, okay, well, that's actresses and supermodels. So I'm a normal human being. I don't have to look like that. But now it's the woman in your gym. It's your teacher. Mm -hmm. It's your friends. We're all under so much pressure. And we're thinking about this shit that is not important when we should be thinking about business or growing our mental health or our lives or our families or our relationships. We're distracted. And I think it's on purpose to make sure that we don't become an equal gender. Absolutely. So you recently just partnered with Lizzo on a project. Yes. For, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Bow guys, down. I'm working on getting Lizzo too. <laughs> but literally bow down. I mean, if you don't follow her on Instagram, do so immediately. Yeah. But tell us a little bit about that project. That was just so brilliant. I mean, I've started an I Weigh interview series. The first one was with Sam Smith, and the second one was with Lizzo. And basically, it's just very candid conversations with people in the public eye who are willing to support their fans and followers by being transparent and being open about the issues that affect us all. I am done with the icon. 
with the idea of the, I want a new icon. I want an icon that I can relate to and I can understand that I can see myself in. And I think Lizzo really embodies that. But I, from when Lizzo came out, I was so intimidated by how confident she is. And it feels like she, like this inhuman level of just like self-love and embracing herself. And I didn't know how any of us could ever get to that place. I thought she must just be born like that. And she took us in the interview through her journey to that. And to know that even Lizzo, this gorgeous, talented, genius, hilarious wonder woman, felt like shit about herself and she takes us through and, and if Lizzo's standing there in front of a mirror saying, I wish I could just cut my stomach off, it gives hope for all of us that we can get to the place anywhere near where that goddess is of feeling good about herself. And so these interviews are as a gift from me and the guest to you. I mean, it's amazing. And so the word body positivity obviously thrown out a lot recently, but yeah. you find that word problematic. Can you tell us a little bit about why you yeah. think it could be... I'm trying to distance myself from those words because I realize that whenever I use those words or anyone uses those words about me, I become the face of Bopo. And that is not my space. That is for people who are marginalized now in a way that I used to be, but I'm not. So I'm trying to not take up space in that area. But I stand for body neutrality. I'm an eating disorder survivor. I can't, I can't body positivity doesn't work for me personally. I need to not think about my body. For me, that is the way that I get the most done, is when I'm not thinking about my thighs, I'm not thinking about my ass, I'm not thinking about my face, I'm thinking about my bank account, and I'm thinking about my friends and all the texts that I haven't responded to. Uh, I, I practice body neutrality, or almost body ambivalence, and I think that's kind of what most men have, and that's what we should be striving towards. That it's just like, if I have a societally acceptable body, that's uh, a bonus on top of the amazing person that I am. That's where I want us to get to. So your character on The Good Place is like the picture perfect socialite. She's a dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Given what we've talked about, was that challenging to play? Was it hard to be the perfect buttoned up? Well, I mean, she isn't perfect. She's so problematic and annoying. And <laughs> so am I, uh, by the way. Uh, but I'm learning my way out of it. And, uh, but I'm also surrounded by such weird, annoying people in this industry and have been for 10 years. So I just borrowed uh, them as inspiration. And I managed to exercise all of my demons through Tahani. And some of them know. <laughs> and I've had to up. block them on social media. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't super hard. So... You put stuff out there on social media, like you said. You aren't afraid to be transparent and real. Yeah. But I think for some women, that's scary mm -hmm. um, to come out with a strong opinion. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for women that might be struggling with finding their voice and feeling confident enough to make a bold statement? Stop being so worried about being fucking likable all the time. Like, it's not your responsibility. You are not superhuman that you're not supposed to react when you are undermined and you are held back. Don't worry about being likable. The right people will like you. Well, there's an expression that's, the people that mind don't matter and the people that matter don't mind. And that is how I, I make my, my circle around me. I'm not worried about seeming likable. I'm not afraid of people thinking that I'm difficult or I'm bossy or I'm opinionated. I take those things as a compliment and we have to start pushing back in order to get what we deserve. All the things that we want and we need and we deserve are readily available for us. We just don't even know that we're allowed to ask for them. Ask your colleagues, your male colleagues, how much they earn. It's weird that that's considered a rude or taboo thing to ask someone. That's been, that's a false thing. 
Why is that a weird thing to ask someone if everyone's being paid fairly? It's a way of dividing and conquering you and separating you from being able to know that you are being paid beneath your worth. I love asking men that I work with how much they earn so I can make sure that I, with my talent and my intelligence and my worth, am getting what I deserve. So start doing that. Yes, and absolutely. And build yourself up from the inside. Get therapy. Spend the money that you would spend on all these like bullshit creams. Spend it on therapy. It's the best gift you will ever give to yourself and all of the people around you. Don't go out there and try and save the world and save everyone else and look after men, look after children, look after everyone without saving yourself first. You are the most important person in any room. And so I, I just really can't stress that enough. And my activism wouldn't be this effective if I hadn't gone and gotten a shitload of therapy <laughs> first. And that's why now I'm ready and I have all of this strength in me and I'm so pissed off because I'm not distracted by the haze. Absolutely. And that's such a theme of today, I feel like, is really like, take care of yourself first. Yeah. And then take care of everyone else. But not just in facials. Therapy. <laughs> yeah. Not spa days. Spa days are fine. I'm sorry, I don't know who your sponsors are, but spa days are great and fine. <laughs> But also therapy, very important, more important. I'm here for some therapy, okay, so I'm down. Um, so your whole platform is about empowering women. Yeah. We just talked about Lizzo. But who are some women that empowered you along the way that really helped you be where you are today? Um, I try to surround myself with women and men who are feminists. So people, men who have teenage daughters or very strong mothers and sisters, I surround myself with strong, respectful and wonderful, empowering people. And I have a strong elimination diet of anyone around me who brings toxicity into my circle. So I would say that I've been very lucky to choose people. I've not just been lucky, I've been very smart to choose people around me who make me feel good and make me feel strong and check me when I'm wrong, but do it in a way that doesn't undermine my intelligence. And so those are the people that I most credit with where I'm at today. And what I love about your story is you're telling the full story, right? Like, you weren't always this confident. You weren't always no. asking for what you wanted. You weren't always calling people on their bullshit. And I think some of us in the room might be where you were 10 years ago, yeah. let's say. Yeah. What advice would you give for someone who's not feeling confident, whether it's going into a board meeting, whether it's pitching for VC money, whether it's just, you know, asking for a raise or... What advice do you have for someone who's about to walk into a room and needs to feel? Honestly, something that I still do is I write down a list of all of the things that I am and I'm worth and all the things that I've achieved because we forget about that because we're always distracted by what other people have and what other people have done. I think it is such a powerful thing to do. Genuinely, I'm not just plugging I weigh. You don't have to post it on I weigh, but that's what it is. It's a page that forces you to actually take in what kind of a human being you are. And that will give you a stronger sense of self and a stronger sense of purpose. And that will beef you up before you go into a room. I do them regularly. Even now, sometimes I get my confidence shaken or I'm going into a big room full of older you know, white men and I'm a bit freaked out. Uh, and I make that list and I go in and I find my inner like... <clears throat> So make, make a page, I think. You need it. And I think it's so important to know how powerful you are. Like, at the end of the day, because we've been taught for so many years, you're not powerful, you're not worthy, you're not meant to be here. And the fact that you even had imposter syndrome mm -hmm. is just goes to show it happens to all of us. I've had all the mental illness. I've had, like, I was depressed. I was, you know, like, almost suicidally depressed. I was uh, anxious. I've had terrible anxiety in my life, terrible social anxiety, the imposter syndrome, eating disorders for, like, 10 years. I've been through it all, and you shouldn't judge yourself for those things. It's amazing that you're still here considering everything that we've been up against. 
And so remind yourself of that because we have had to eat so much shit from the beginning of time. And more so if you're a woman of color, more so if you are a black woman, like the amount that everyone has been through, it is, you, are, you are walking miracles and you should just thank yourself for managing to get yourself here today throughout everything. And so I salute you and I commend you. And I think that's, like, everyone should look around right now. Like, mm. I think we're in a room of incredible women. And I think the reason, you know, we started Create and Cultivate was to get women in a room to say, together, we're more powerful. Like, yeah. we need to support each other. Yeah, and make space. Don't take space. We've been taught that there's only room for one. That's a lie. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. There's room for loads of us. Look how many of us are in this room right now. We're not fighting each other. We're not clawing at each other's faces. Make sure that you work with other women. Like the work that I do now at iWay relies upon the labor and ideas and integrity of other women. My publicists are women. My manager is a woman. I rely on women and it's, I don't need all the glory. I just need to be part of something that is important and great. And when you share the glory, you also share the workload, which is fantastic. Don't work yourself to death for a title. Do it with other people, do it with each other. And you know, there's a, men are afraid of hiring us because we might accuse them of sexual misconduct. So let's get more women at the top. Get each other to the top. Absolutely. And, you know, on that note, obviously in the past couple of years, the Me Too movement, Time's Up movement mm. um, has been, you know, at the root in Hollywood and, and really at the, the beginning of every conversation almost feels like. But do you have hope, like, now that you're seeing change happen? I mean, I think we're a couple of years out from the beginning of that. Mm -hmm. Do you see change happening? Yeah, I see change happening already in Hollywood. Within like six months, there was a change in the rooms where people weren't talking sexually explicitly about my body and no one was asking for follow-up meetings at Soho House at 9 p.m. for a writer deal. Uh, and I'm hearing of less cases of misconduct. It still exists and exists in so many more industries that are way more important and prevalent than Hollywood. We just hear about Hollywood because that's where the privilege is. But this is happening everywhere. In my experience, it's getting better. But also, I exist in the time of social media. And while social media sucks in so many ways, it's also been how we have been able to communicate with each other and learn of each other's experiences and use social media for good in that way. And the, the, we have really learned the value in listening to each other and and sharing our stories with one another. And I really believe we've been so divided and conquered and turned against each other and made to envy each other over the weirdest shit. And I think that this is now a time of sisterhood. And having seen how fast my activism has riven, risen and how I've been embraced in spite of being so outspoken, so rude, uh, <laughs> so uh, such a loose cannon. The fact that I've been so embraced by people and by the media and even by men who want to partake in my feminism is a sign that hope is here. And that's thanks to the amazing activists out there who don't have my platform and privilege who have also been doing this work for years to get us here. Absolutely. And it's we're ready for real. Thanks, babe. Yeah. <laughs> we're really ready for the real talk. I think yeah. I think people are so, you know, be authentic, be yourself. No, like, let's get into it. Like, let's have these really tough conversations. Yeah. We can kind of really build each other up and get each other to the top. So, yeah. It's really, really, really important. And we're really, really precious. And without us, there is literally no humanity. <laughs> there are no people without us. So let's just respect ourselves as the walking miracles that we are. So we're going to wrap with some rapid-fire questions. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for this? Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Get ready. Um, my guilty Instagram follow is... Oh, my guilty Instagram follow is... 
I don't have one anymore. Oh, you just I got rid of all of them everyone. on my 30th birthday. I was like, fuck all these people who make me feel <laughs> terrible. So I got rid of them. No, they're gone. I have none. Something most people don't know about me is? Um, something people... Again, I don't know if there's anything you don't know about me because I'm <laughs> so open about myself uh, on social media. Maybe the fact that my arms do this. <gasps> Ooh! It is disgusting. Yes, you're right. It's impressive and yeah. disgusting. Yeah, I can kiss time. my own ass. I don't do it regularly because it's weird and antisocial, but I can. <laughs> we won't make you do that. So this year, I'm most excited for... This year, I am most excited for iWay turning into a proper brand and yes. company and lifestyle website and becoming the leading voice in being, in, in being the leading voice in ethical marketing. We're going to change the game and we're going to do it with all of you because without all of you, we are nothing and we're going to do this as a community together and it's really cool and exciting. It is so amazing and I'm so excited for what's Thank next. Thank you. Um, a woman I look up to is? A woman I look up to is... I love Emma Thompson. Mm. Do you know Emma Thompson? She's an English actress. Uh, I don't know what she weighs. I don't know how many children she has. I don't know where she shops. I don't know what her dress size is. I just know that she's an amazing advocate for women. She's an amazing writer, an amazing actor. She has a career that is similar to a man's career. And I want that shit. I want what Emma Thompson made for herself. She's always been on the right side of history. And so she is someone that I really look up to. If I could give my younger self a piece of advice, it would be... If I could give myself a piece of advice... I would say, thank your body for all of the amazing things that it does for you every single day. The fact that it gets you from A to B, the fact that you can breathe, the fact that you can, if you are lucky enough to be able to walk around, thank your body because it's doing so much for you every single day and you're just hating on it all the time. So thank it, love it, be so grateful for it and take care of it. Well, we are so excited to see what you do next. I cannot wait to see what happens with iWay. We are all here to support, follow, Thanks. like, do all the things. It's truly Thank incredible. You. Thank you so much, Jamila. Thank you. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty-gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.